Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sugar Ray, nothing personal word of the day for Friday, January 14th, 2022. It's Sugar Ray. How this came to our minds is a meeting that took place yesterday. Yesterday was Thursday, three days after Black Monday, which is when NFL coaches are supposed to get fired. But in walks to a room, Nick Casario. He walks into David Culley's office and he starts singing. It's very bizarre. Coach... He said, you just have to go. You're 66 years old. Coach, God rest your soul. Why would he be singing Sugar Ray? I thought it made sense. He got hired at 65. 65 years old. Your mother, God rest your soul. That's the words to the song by Sugar Ray. And uh, what? Oh, no. Hold on, Coca. All right. It's 25 years old? No, I've been singing 65 years old the whole time. My whole life. It's 65 years old, your mother, God rest her soul. Why would it be 25? It is confirming? All right, wipe it. We got to start the show over. Okay. 8, 12, 69. Philosophical differences. Nothing personal word of the day for January 14, 2022. It's a Friday. Unbelievable that we had another coaching fired in the National Football League. I thought the rules were pretty simple. The season ends on Sunday. Fire your coach on Monday because what are you waiting for? Well, there's a team in Houston that has had a problem all year. They had their quarterback a healthy scratch the entire season. You may know his name, Deshaun Watson. The man with 22 civil suits against him for inappropriate behavior with his Masseurs. The team was terrible. They won four games. The coach's name is David Culley, hired at 65, the oldest head coach ever hired as a first-time NFL head coach. A black head coach whose hiring was lauded. Longtime assistant, great mind, finally getting his chance, and then gets two hands tied behind his back. They don't put batteries in his headphones during the course of a season, so he can't communicate with anyone. Still, he wins the same number of games as the interim coach from the year before. In comes a new general manager, Nick Casario, watches all season long. The season ends, and then three days later, he has the gall to walk into Cully's office and say you're fired. I'm in. You know I'm good with firing anybody at any time. No problem. But you can't, in my opinion, walk into the clubhouse locker room and then give a statement 
that says, I came to this difficult but necessary decision after reviewing our football operation? GMs review the operation of their team from the first day of training camp or spring training to the last day of the regular season. Every single day you are reviewing your operation. You do not have any unbelievable epiphany the day after the season or two days or three days. He said, while a change after one season is unusual, we had philosophical differences over the long-term direction and vision of our program moving forward. Let me get this straight. I mean, this is a team that's run by Bob McNair's son, and I'm totally fine with sons running teams. I really am. I'm, that's my career. I'm good. But let's at least have some credibility when we're hiring and firing coaches and trying to win some games. You are going to put all of your trust in your general manager. You're going to let him lead a search for the next head coach. You're going to give a statement, which Cal McNair gave. And you're going to allow a statement by Nick Casario that talks about the philosophical differences about the team moving forward as though they don't have those conversations all season long. It's laughable. Is there a chance that they did this because all of a sudden a new coach is available who had just been fired by the Miami Dolphins? That's 100% possible. It is absolutely within the right, if not responsibility, of the person running your team that if a coach who you've wanted all along, who you think is better, somehow gets inexplicably fired by another team and becomes available and you have a relationship with the coach, you want that coach to be the coach of your team, I am in like Errol Flynn. Good. Bring him. But you don't have to say about your previous coach the fact that you had philosophical differences about moving forward in the direction of your team. Just say that the owner of the team and I are in charge of doing what we want to do to win more games, whether that's with personnel on the field or coaches on the sideline. The opportunities in front of us which have been presented, made this change necessary. I want to thank David. As part of the thanks, we are not arguing about the $17 million we owe him. We are paying him $22 million for the one season he was on the sideline, and we hope he gets another opportunity because he was unbelievable this season with the team that we gave him, with the quarterback that we did not allow to play. Thank you, David. Now, we'd like to announce our new head coach. That would be a way to do it. We enjoy doing that, firing managers and then having a press conference five minutes later with the new manager. Oh, my God. We had no idea who we were going to hire. Of course we did. David Culley showed his philosophy philosophy with his statement when he took the absolute highest road possible. He loved every minute of being the head coach, he said, of the Houston Texans. He appreciated the players, the coaches, for staying the course. He said he wanted to win more games. And look what he did in his statement. Did you see it in Brian Flores' statement? No mention of Stephen Ross. David Culley said in his statement, I want to thank the McNair family and Nick Casario for giving me this opportunity. I am forever grateful for the experience. I wish this team and organization the best. Good for you, David. You did it right. I'm not sure that McNair or Casario deserve the fact that you gave them 
that sort of compliment, but it's okay that you did it. So you're putting together statements when you're firing a coach. You have the GM say something. You get the coach's statement, which in this case, the coach was willing to do. And then you have the owner add a statement. So there's two statements coming from the team. The Dolphins did that. They had a statement from the team and then from the owner. Good. No problem. Cal McNair then gives a statement. We are grateful for the energy and passion that David brought to our organization throughout last season. And then you do sentence two, thank the wife. Got to thank the wife. We wish him, his wife, Carolyn, and their entire family nothing but the best moving forward. Wouldn't you like to see a statement one time that says, you know what, I can't stand this guy. I don't wish him, his family, or anyone he knows anything but the worst. You ruined our organization. You won four games. Pooey on you. Get out of here. We're bringing in Flores. Nah, we wish him, his wife, Carolyn, and their entire family the best. I have entrusted Nick Casario to lead football performance. Have you heard that expression before? Because I have not. Coca, it's football operations. It's the football team. It's the minor league operations. It's the major league team. It's the overall organization. This is the first time I've read a statement that said, I've entrusted Nick Casario, the GM, to lead football performance. And I have complete confidence that he will find the best leader for our team. Why? What gives you that confidence? Anyway. These decisions are difficult, but Nick believed it was necessary for the future of our organization. My name is Cal McNair, and I do not want to be associated with the firing of another black coach. This was all you, Nick, and if this doesn't work, I get to fire you. Do you know how much confidence that you can instill in your employees when you throw them under the bus at every possible moment and you pretend that you're not involved as an owner or an executive as a head of a department? as a VP or an executive VP or any C-suite level, when you say, oh, Nick believed. Why would you say that? Does that mean you didn't believe it? Does that mean you let Nick walk into your office and say, I have spent three days talking to myself because I don't talk to you. You're just the owner. Why would I talk to you? I can't give you plausible deniability if I talk to you, so I'm ignoring you. But I've been speaking to David, and just in the last 48 hours, there's been this crazy change in philosophical differences. I just want to fly. See you later. That'll do it for David Cully. I think that's got to be the last coach who's fired in the NFL. I mean, unless maybe if there's an early playoff loss, maybe if the, oh, this could happen. Do you think Mike Tomlin who's now the last remaining black head coach, do you think that he could get fired if the Steelers lose to the Chiefs this weekend in the wild card game? The playoffs start tomorrow. Three days of wild card. That could be. Although Ben Roethlisberger in his final game as a Steeler has given great cover to Mike Tomlin and to the entire organization when yesterday he gave a quote that shocked me. He said, we don't have a chance, sick, to beat the Chiefs, close parens. So let's go have fun. I read that quote, and I was thinking about all of his teammates. I was thinking about all the fans of the Steelers. I was thinking about the owner and how I would feel about my quarterback going into a game. What's the line there? They're underdogs by what, 12 12 points, 13 points? Coca, does that sound right to you? saying we don't have a chance. There's two 
possible roads, and that's it, that can be taken when you are the Steelers and you're an underdog like that, when you got into the playoffs because the Raiders chose to kick a field goal and happened to make that field goal at the end of an overtime game, when you know that your team has been nothing more than mediocre the entire season, but so what? You're in the playoffs. Slight detour here. We're going to talk about baseball later because there was a meeting between the owners and the players. One of the things they're arguing about in baseball is expanded playoffs. And the owners want 14 teams. The players are willing to expand to 12 teams from the current 10. But that's not what's relevant. What's relevant is the reason. The reason why the players want fewer playoff teams is they're of the understanding that Major League Baseball owners, if they have a 14 and 30 chance of making it to the playoffs, will have a mediocre team try to win 80 games, sneak into the back door, and then get hot in October. Totally preposterous. I've told you that's totally preposterous. Look no further than the NFL. The Steelers, you could argue, snuck into the playoffs, backed into the playoffs, whatever expression you want to use. They're now 12-and-a-half-point dogs, and their own quarterback says they have no chance at all to forget running the table, forget getting a ring. They're not going to get past the game against the Chiefs. Do you think that possibly that the coach, Tomlin, sat with Ben and said, listen, we've got a great idea. We're going to provide bulletin board material for your teammates. This is very out of the ordinary, but let's try this. How about if you meet the media and be totally self-deprecating, not just about the quarterback position, but why don't you say that our whole team stinks? Just say that it's done, that we're showing up just for fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to play. I'm sure fans are super excited to hear about this, but we're not going to win. We're just, we're good that we got into the playoffs. What was their record, Coca, nine and eight? Or no, they had a tie. Were they nine, seven, and one was their final record? Whatever their, whatever their final record was. So that's what owners are going to do going forward. They're going to try to go 9-7-1 and one in the 17-week season. They're going to try to stay up till 1 a.m. watching the final game Sunday night of a, of a season. Hope that it results in them getting into the playoffs and then exit after one game. Are you kidding me? GMA Major B, give me a break. You think it's possible that the Steelers plan with Ben Roethlisberger to say to the teammates, hey, we stink, and that the teammates are going to get all super motivated, and they're going to put Ben's face on their own bulletin board with a little dartboard saying how little chance they have, and they're going to band together like brothers and say, we're going to take down the Chiefs. Uh, Didn't happen that way. Ben was asked a question during media availability. And Bed said something as simple as, hey, we know that we're not that good. And he was talking about a previous Super Bowl team he was on when they had a good run and they were underdogs and they made it far. And he said, no, that team was way better. I think there's no question about it. When players are asked, and this happens very often, it happened after the Marlins won the World Series in 03. The first question asked of Jeff Conine, because he was on both teams, was which team was better? Everyone loves that. We love comparing. Were the 96 Bulls the best team? What about the Warriors? Who's the best team when? Oh, I played on every team. Robert Horry was told and asked, which was the greatest championship team you ever played on? Tom Brady gets asked that about all his Patriots or when he won with the Buccaneers. 
The right answer when you are asked that question is actually pretty simple. The right answer is that every team that wins a Super Bowl or a World Series, that team at that moment was the best team I've been on, the most fun I've ever had. You don't need to disparage your old team or make a comparison. You don't need to make people feel better about the team you've been on or the team that you are on. None of that is necessary. So when Ben is given a microphone and he starts comparing other Steeler teams to this Steeler team, is he doing it under the theory of motivation, stupidity, incredulity? Nah, I don't think he was doing it under any of that. I really don't. I think the main point here is that in football, nobody is trying to back into the playoffs. Everyone is trying to win as many games as they can, stay as healthy as they can, because you'd rather play at home. You'd rather be a heavy favorite, right? That would make sense. Let's see what's going to happen. I've got some few ideas of what could happen this weekend. We're going to get to that in the pick of the day. First, I think, Coca, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on the road right now. Wedding weekend. And I don't have my regular setup here, as you may have seen if you follow me on Twitter, David P. Sampson, or on Instagram. Same David P. Sampson. So I don't remember how long we are into the show, but I'm ready to take a break. We're going to review a movie with Ty Sheridan and Christopher Lloyd and a potential nomination for Jalik. And then we're going to talk about what happened in baseball yesterday. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David Sampson. It's a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Please rate, review, follow, subscribe. Do whatever you have to do to show the world that you're listening to Nothing Personal. Thank you. Tell your friends about it. We watch a movie every day. A free movie on Amazon Prime is like Yahtzee. It's like getting Wordle in the first shot. Can we talk about... Wait. All right, Coca. Can we talk about Wordle? I did Wordle this morning. For the first time, I couldn't find it. I was looking at the apps. It didn't look right, so I did some research. You had to go online to some .uk thing, which I thought could have been a porn site, but it wasn't. It's this game. I couldn't figure out how to play it. There's green. There's gold. Everyone's tweeting about it. There's numbers. You have to guess a word. Anyway, I got the word as tangy, and it goes in. It's like Wheel of Fortune, I guess, in a certain position. Everyone's obsessed with it. I don't get it. I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Why were we talking about Wordle? Oh, because is that what people do every day? That's what people are obsessed with? I watch a movie every day. And I'm not going to stop watching movies to do Wordle. 
And when Amazon Prime has a free movie, oh, that's why, because Wordle's free. That's why it was in my head. You pay for Amazon Prime, then you have to rent from Amazon Prime. I'm in. I'll give Jeff five ninety nine to watch a movie. I will. I'm not going to go to one of those sites and steal movies. These actors and writers and producers, they deserve the credit. I'm good with it. But when you see that it's Prime members, watch now. That's like the two words you love in Amazon, isn't it? Watch now as opposed to UH. What is UHD, Coca? UHD? Is that universal high definition? Like that's five ninety nine, but then SHP or STP is three ninety nine, or LSD is one ninety nine. I did an LSD once for one ninety nine. I would have paid ten ninety nine for that movie. So the Tender Bar is a movie starring Ben Affleck, who was nominated as Best Supporting Actor. I think maybe the Broadcast Critics, maybe the Golden Globes. Can't remember. Ben Affleck plays an alcoholic. Major reach for him. He went to acting class to do it. He plays a guy in, is it in Boston as an alcoholic? That would be funny. It's based on a book. It stars Ty Sheridan, who had another good movie this year with Oscar Isaacs called The Card Counter, which I liked better. And then all of a sudden, in the first or second scene of the movie, there's an old guy who plays Ben Affleck's father, And it's the guy from Back to the Future in Taxi, Christopher Lloyd. It was so good to see him. But it made me feel older than knowing that in Back to the Future, when they go to the future, they're going to 2015. So The Tender Bar is a sad movie about a family that puts the dis in function. And it is the story of a young boy, the nephew of Ben Affleck, who works his way to Yale wants to become a writer. The odds are stacked against him in a way that Yale loves to find kids. And then he becomes a writer. It was half as emotional it was supposed to be. His performance, while fine, was not epic. Any performance in this movie was fine, but not epic. None of it is nominee worthy. There will be zero nominations for the tender bar. Acting, writing, producing, directing, screenplay. It will be shut out on February 8th when the Academy Award nominations are announced. And we'll be covering that, of course, on Nothing Personal. That said, it's Watch Now, The Tender Bar. All right, Coca, thank you for asking me about what you asked me about here. You know what I want? Talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. I hope you watched Half-Baked recently in honor of Bob Saget. 65 years old. God rest his soul. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't joke about it. Died suddenly. Great cameo in Half-Baked. There's a character in Half-Baked named Samson. And that's why we do a segment called So You Want to Talk to Samson. So all you have to do is go on Apple and rate and review and ask a question, or go to my Twitter, David P. Sampson, ask a question. I try to get to all the direct messages which are open, they're public. I can't answer everyone, but I try to engage as much as possible. It helps not to sleep, that does help. So don't be shocked if there's different times of the day and night that I'm answering things, but this was a good one. Hello, David, hello. You said in a tweet that this is the middle of the beginning. What exactly happened in the MLB meeting to make you think 
that this is actually normal? Well, thank you for asking that question because you knew that was a topic. That's a good way to get your question on the air is when you ask a question of a topic that you know I'm going to cover. Yesterday was the day, Thursday, whatever Thursday date was, January 13th, when for the first time since December 2nd, the owners and the players had a bargaining session. And here's how the bargaining session went. They get on a Zoom. They don't do it in person. It's all virtual because of Omicron. You've got Dan Hallam. You don't have Rob Manford. You have Dan Hallam, who's second in charge in the league. You've got Bruce Mayer, second in charge at the union. You get a few players. You get a few owners. You do a Zoom. You practice first getting on the Zoom because some of the owners get confused. And then you make sure that everybody's on mute except for Dan Hallam. Everyone gets there exactly on time. The meeting room gets opened. Then you see faces. You spend about two minutes with trivial greetings. Hello, how you doing? How's your family? How you feeling? Stay safe. Crazy out there, isn't it? Yeah, can you believe what happened to this and that person? Yeah, I know a person who got it while they were boosted and vaccinated. Did you read about the Supreme Court case? I want to do a whole segment about the Supreme Court case because people are absolutely clueless about what happened yesterday in the Supreme Court as it relates to the vaccine mandate that people are saying that it was Biden. It had the whole ruling by the Supreme Court had to do simply with what power does the federal government have through OSHA to dictate things that Congress has not approved. That's sort of the simple way to sum up SCOTUS and what happened yesterday. But anyway, I digress, and they talk about that for a few minutes. And then Dan Hallam takes the microphone and says, well, we'd like to go over a PowerPoint presentation, not prepared by me, prepared by people who work under me, who are trying to become me, and maybe even try to catapult over me to become commissioner. But again, I digress, because our commissioner is going to be our commissioner, unless we get royally screwed in this negotiation, and the owners, 23 of them, think that he did a bad job, which means I'm not going to get the commissioner's job, which means one of these younger guys is going to get the commissioner's job. But anyway, he's the one who did the PowerPoint. Sorry, I meant to mute that. Hi. Okay, so we've got a PowerPoint presentation, and we want to go through a few things that we believe are going to be acceptable to you. Hold on, let me, let me, I'm going to mute you guys for one minute. Hey, keep calm, owners. Of course, they're not going to accept it. We totally know that. It's totally normal. Okay. All right. Now, I think I was muted. I pressed the mute button. Okay, thank you. Hey, Bruce, so we're going to go through this presentation, and we think this is the beginning of a deal. Okay, ready? Page one. We heard you loud and clear that you want your younger players to get paid more money. We understand that, so we are willing to raise the minimum salary from 570000 to 500 and $85,000. And we'll keep raising it throughout the course of this next five years CBA. And those young minimum players, of which, as you know, there are so many, we're going to get up to maybe $700,000. Do you know the 10 minimum players per team by raising it $200,000, every payroll is going up $2 million? That is $60 million that we are giving you. Do the math quickly. I know you can do it, Bruce. That's a $60 million give. Oh, Max, would you like to talk? Hi, I'm Max Scherzer. Hold on one second. Scott, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm supposed to mute? All right, let me mute. Scott, what, what's my response to that? The minimum now is five, 570. If they go to 700, that's 130 times 7. Let's just make it 100 times 7. That's 700,000 per team, right? 
and there's 30 teams, 60 mi- Um, th- Thank you, Scott. Um, Dan, may I just interrupt and say that's not the right math. Uh, uh, Max, could you wait, please? Let him get through the presentation. Wait, was that on mute? Okay, Bruce, Dan, sorry, keep going. So that's $60 million, players, that we are willing to give you just by raising the minimum. Now, we also want to get money to younger players. You want all Super 2 players, which used to be only 18% of the players are eligible for arbitration who have two years of service. You want all of them to get into arbitration. We hear you, and we've got the solution. We are going to raise the percentage of players who are eligible for an extra year of arbitration, but we're not going to put them into the arbitration system. We're going to come up with a formula. Is that okay? The formula will tell you what those players will get paid, and under the formula we've done, one second, I'm going to put you on mute. What is that formula again? Don't We're not going to show them. That. That's the page that we're not showing them. That's 60 more million dollars. That formula gives 60 million more dollars to the Super 2 players. Now we're keeping track. That's $120 million that we've given you in the first 10 minutes of this meeting. Everyone stay calm. I think they're going to get to the best part. They're going to get to free agency right now. Here, here it is. I see it coming. Let's wait. Page three. I'd like to tell you that we hear you loud and clear, players. We know that you don't want tanking. We've got the perfect solution. We're not going to let teams tank for a long period of time and reward them with the top draft pick. Let me explain. Instead of giving the team with the worst record the top pick, we're going to take the three teams with the worst record. We're going to put a bunch of balls in a can. We're going to roll the can. We may stick a ball to the bottom, but that's just if we owe an owner a favor. Wait, I wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry. We're going to put three balls in a can. We're going to run the can, and then whoever gets the ball, they're going to get the first pick. It'll be like a lottery. It'll be fun. We'll televise it. We're going to give it to ESPN. We're going to get great ratings. We may do it in between innings of one of our five-hour playoff games. And teams with the bottom three records, they'll say, man, I don't want to race to the bottom because I want to get the first pick in the draft, but I can have the third worst record. I can lose 102 games instead of 106, and I get a 33% chance of getting the top record, of getting the top pick, of getting the top pick, of getting the top pick. But I know what you're saying. You're saying the teams are okay with one of the top three picks. You're right. So we have a proposition for you. Teams are only eligible for the lottery three years in a row. If they stink for four years in a row, forget the fact that they're going to fire their GM and that the owner stinks and so do the scouts and the player development people. We're not going to put their balls in the bin. Do you like that, players? That's a great idea. Well, Dan, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we wanted eight teams to be in that lottery. So if you have the worst record, you have a chance of getting the eighth pick. Because if your ball's chosen eighth, you get the eighth pick. Yeah, I know, but I, th- I think three teams is right. Do you know why eight's a magic number in baseball? Anybody? Anybody for eight? Eight's how you block a vote in Major League Baseball. You need 23 to seven with the owners. Don't ever suggest anything with an eight in it if you are the union because when owners see eight and the commissioner sees eight, their eyes roll to the back of the head and they panic. Nothing with eight. Could it end up with five? Possibly, but not eight. 
All right, Dan, thank you. This has been a great meeting. Anything else? Yes, this is the most important one. You told us that you're not happy with service time manipulation. Thank you. Well, we have the solution for you. Take a look at page six of our PowerPoint. This is epic. We are going to reward teams for calling up their best players to start a season. Oh my God, this is progress. We're going to have a deal. Give me some detail on that. Oh, I've got the detail for you. It's really good detail. You're going to love this. Hey, put Boris on. I know he's there. Just put him on. Just, just you wait for this. We are going, this is unreal, we're going to give an extra draft pick. And you know how valuable draft picks are, Scotty. We're going to give an extra draft pick to any team who brings up any of their top 100 prospects to start a season. We have a deal. No, 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 sorry. Page seven. If they finish in the top three in MVP or Cy Young or win Rookie of the Year. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good to be true. So 18 years I spent running a team. Plenty of Rookies of the Year. I can't believe how many. I th- more than we ever thought. I can't remember the names of all of them, but we had a bunch. Coca, I think we had, what, Chris Coglin, Dontrell Willis, Jose Fernandez, Hanley Ramirez. I think I had four out of my 18 years. Is that possible? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Not one time did we call them up and say, they're going to win Rookie of the Year, or they're going to finish top in Cy Young or MVP, and we want the extra draft pick, so we're going to sacrifice having to pay them in arbitration, not getting them for the extra seventh year. We're going to bring up Miguel way before June 20th because we could get an extra draft pick on the assumption they win these awards. I don't even know what to say about it. It's it's just not going to happen. But am I nervous? Should you all be nervous? Oh, by the way, we can go back to the meeting and just say here's how the meeting ended. Thank you so much for that presentation. We are in agreement with actually nothing. We've made zero progress. We'll get back to you. Leave meeting. Click. Leave meeting. Click. What happened? What do we tell the media? I think that went great. All right, we got to get Jeff Passon on the phone. We're going to leak exactly what happened. We're going to get Ronald Blum from the AP on the phone. We're, of course, going to get Bob Florence Nightingale on the phone. Then we're going to have an article written in The Athletic by Evan. We're going to have Ken chime in. It's all going to work out fine. And here's what we want everyone to think. We want them to think that we as owners made a presentation that addresses all of the issues that the players want to hear about. We know the players are going to talk to the media and say they didn't address free agency. We want free agency in five years, not six. They didn't address all of the financial core economic issues that we want to discuss. There's been no progress. We're disappointed. We're despondent. This is the sign of owners who don't want to make a deal. The spin began the minute the Zoom meeting ended. Literally, the minute. Coke and I were putting together the show for today, and we said there's going to be plenty of stuff leaked. It's going to be totally fine. And it was. So what's the takeaway? We told you spring training would be delayed. It's going to be delayed. We told you the regular season was going to be delayed. It's going to be delayed. 
We told you that games are going to get missed. They're going to get missed. We told you there's going to be a full October postseason. There's going to be a full season that you can be proud of and that when your team wins, you can be proud of. And there will be a deal between the Players Association and the owners, but not yet. The reason for the tweet was to explain to people because everybody said, I hate Rob Manford, fire him. The owners are greedy, the billionaires. This was very common amongst the liberal media. Billionaire owners being greedy. Come on. This is the exact normal bargaining process that we've been talking about on Nothing Personal the entire time. This is the middle of the beginning. We still have to get to the beginning of the middle after getting to the end of the beginning. The end of the beginning is when the Players Association responds by saying, this is a bunch of horse hockey. And then they propose what they propose. One round back and forth post-lockout as we approach February is the end of the beginning. Then we're going to get to the middle the beginning of the middle, the middle of the middle, the end of the middle is when there has been agreement on ancillary issues and the core economic issues are within shouting distance of a midpoint settlement. The beginning of the end is when they start drafting provisions because they've got agreement on an overwhelming majority with a few open items. The middle of the end is when they have agreement on everything and then they start the final documentation and then they go to the owners and the players for their vote. The end of the end is when they announce that the collective bargain agreement has been ratified and here's what we're doing with the season schedule. That's how this is going to play out. That's how this was always going to play out. Don't worry, everyone. It's going to be okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. We had our second loss of the year a few days ago. The Mavericks not just didn't cover against the Knicks. They lost out right to the Knicks. I'm going to go down with the Mavericks because I've been on them because I love Luka. And it's personal because I believe he's one of the top five players. But now he's been replaced by John Morant. So I guess I'm okay with that. But the Mavericks just outright have a problem. So we're 7-2. and two. I got three picks for you. Let's go NBA tonight. Do the Warriors have an issue? They lost last night in a game that was not nearly as close as the 19-point final score. They were down by 80 points, I think, at one point, and then 50, and then 30, and then it was total garbage time. The Warriors are going to play the Bulls, who just got absolutely torched by the, I was going to say New Jersey again, Coca, by the Brooklyn Nets, with everyone all happy on the bench. Well, the Warriors are a flawed team, there's no doubt about that, but Steph Curry... Clay Thompson's had a few more games. His legs are getting under him. The Warriors are getting three and a half points from the Bulls. The Warriors are a better team than the Bulls, no matter how well the Bulls have played, no matter where the Bulls stand in the Eastern Conference. We are taking the Warriors plus three and a half. And then we get into wild card. Did you see what the weather's like? Are you going to go to Buffalo on Saturday for that game? The real feel in Buffalo is going to be minus 10. Can you not picture right now Bill Belichick wearing his hoodie that makes him look like he weighs 400 pounds because he's got 29 layers underneath. His nose will be red as Rudolph. He'll still have the headphones on with the, head of, with the hood of the sweatshirt over his headphones. It's going to happen. You're going to have a team led by Mac Jones that may pass the ball six times instead of three that one time this year that that happened. You've got the Bills who are incredibly inconsistent who are at home, who are giving four points to the Patriots. 
that should be a slam dunk for the Bills, which is why we're taking the Patriots. The Patriots want to play the Bucs in the Super Bowl so badly. They want to win a Super Bowl without Brady so badly. They have an opportunity this year to get past the Bills, and they're going to do it. Pats plus four versus Bills, which brings us to Sunday. When Tom Brady tells you that the team he's playing against has one of the best defenses, when you hear the coach of the Buccaneers saying how tough it is to play against the Eagles, when you hear the Bucs trying to motivate themselves for a playoff game against the Eagles, and you see that they're giving eight and a half points, you take the Buccaneers. Warriors plus three and a half, Pats plus four, Bucks minus eight and a half. Those are the three picks of the day, and we'll discuss them Monday. I'll still be in this chair, having had zero sleep after the Sunday night wedding. That's when my daughter's getting married this coming Sunday, two days from now. I think the after party ends at 5 a.m., and I will be on the air at 8 a.m. I will not be taking my BAC. I will not be driving. I will not be doing anything other than bringing you a show Monday after all of you have a great weekend. What else happened this week that interests me? Oh, I got one for you. Did you see the meeting that took place between Daryl Morey and Rich Paul, the agent for Ben Simmons? Do you remember the story that's going on with the 76ers? Have you forgotten about the fact that they're paying Ben Simmons or they're really not paying Ben Simmons? They're sort of paying Ben Simmons. He's sort of not playing. He's ready to play if he gets traded, but he's not being traded because Daryl Morey, the head of the Sixers who used to be with the Rockets, still wants to get a all-star caliber player back for Ben Simmons, even though Ben Simmons is not an all-star caliber player anymore because he's not a player anymore. Ben Simmons, the worst teammate of all time, who refuses to play because his feelings got hurt because of what was said after the Sixers had another playoff disappointment. Ben Simmons, the guy who then hid behind the cloak of mental health, saying that's why he wasn't playing, which was the biggest bunch of horse hockey we've seen this side of Sherman T. Potter. Well, they had a meeting yesterday or two days ago, and they came out of that meeting with zero progress. Here's what an an owner says to a Daryl Morey who's going into a meeting like that. I'm happy to have you meet with this player's agent, but in no way are we going to give in to his trade demand. In no way are we going to let him play, and in no way are we going to pay him. He can screw himself, have a good meeting. Daryl walks in. He can't say any of that because he's got to work with these agents and players on an everyday basis. So he sits with Rich Paul, and he says, listen, what can we do here? And he says, I know exactly what we can do. Trade him. Look what you're being offered by the Hawks, by the Kings, by the Lakers. Just take anybody. Don't you want to get rid of this player? Well, not really because he's an asset of ours. Well, but what kind of asset is he when he's not playing? He's an underperforming asset? Good guess. He's not an underperforming asset. He's a declining asset. Well, Rich, he's not a declining asset because we're saving his legs. His cardio is probably good. We're getting him treatment for both mental and physical issues. He's practicing, isn't he? Isn't he? Wait, he's not? Oh, come on. Of course he is. Daryl, can't you just trade him? Because this is embarrassing for me. I'm trying to get a bunch of other players. I've got a lot of stuff on my mind. 
meeting with you is like way at the bottom of the list. You know that Ben is not playing for the Sixers again. It was a wait to see on nothing personal. He's done with the Sixers. So just move him. Well, I'm afraid I can't do that, Rich. Well, what do we do now at the end of this meeting? Well, I'm going to lead to the press the fact that we had this meeting and that there was no progress, and I'm going to make it very clear to the other GMs in the National Basketball Association, guess what? We're not giving him away. Well, that's okay, Daryl, because I'm going to lead to the media that the Philadelphia 76ers are completely unreasonable, that they don't care about winning, because if they did, they would try to maximize their assets, and the way to maximize Ben Simmons is by moving him before the February 10th trade deadline, which is under a month away. All right, we'll have competing leaks. Well, I've got to wait to see. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. If it does, we'll revisit it. If it doesn't, we'll revisit it. We have a few wait to sees about Ben. I'm going to add one right now. The agent was told by Ben to have this meeting because he wants to get traded before the February 10th deadline. The agent leaked that the player will be ready within weeks upon a trade. So no problem. He will be ready to help your team make a late playoff push or make a deep advance in June, you're going to want Ben Simmons because he is a quality playoff performer. Wait to see. Ben Simmons will not, I repeat, will not be traded by the deadline of February 10th. And the reason he will not be traded is Daryl Morey is now all about principle. When GMs become this way, it can be helpful and it can be hurtful. One of the ways it's hurtful is when you let your ego, your pride get in the way of doing something that you know is good for the team, but you know will make you look bad and makes you feel as though you've given into a player and you do not want that to be your reputation. And worse, you do not want the other players on your team or any team to think that you are going to give into a player. The other side of that is your job is to win. That's what you're there to do. There's no way the Sixers are a better team. There is no way the Sixers are a better team with Ben Simmons not playing and whoever you get back in a trade playing, even if it's another bad contract. What's the worst that can happen? You can release that player. Now you're going to have some cap issues, some payroll issues, but at least give it a try. So those are the two things that GMs have to weigh when they're figuring out which direction to go when they're at a stalemate with a player. Do you pay attention to the results on the court? Do you pay attention to the ramifications off the court? Do you do a combination? The only thing you cannot do is be stuck in a position that you've held and make that the reason why you don't move forward. We've said what we've said, and we're going to keep saying it no matter what has changed. Don't do that. If you stick to the following principle, you will always maximize your chance of success on and off the field. Hey, Ben, see you later. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.